I'm Bryce, and I'm ready to preach. I'm Casey, and I'm ready to preach. I'm Patty, and I'm ready to preach. I'm Mark, and I'm ready to preach. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to gather here in your name. We ask that you bless this audience, God. We ask that you bless these hosts, God. We ask that you come along with us tonight as we journey into your word and as we move in our walk with you, Christ. We ask that you guide us and lead us in every way that you would see fit. And we ask this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Welcome back, family. You have reached the Ready to Preach podcast. We're so excited to have you here. We're so excited that you clicked and and decided to listen with us today. We're going to start the day off by going around the table, kind of in a normal fashion that we've been doing here lately, and just seeing what everybody's been going through this week, seeing how how everyone's week's going. Patty, how's your week going? Pretty good so far. It's only Monday. (laughs) I know we're recording on a different day. It feels a little bit different. It's a Monday, just to say the least, but Mark? Well... Normally, I don't do a whole lot before we record the podcast, but with today being Monday, I've done even less than most weeks I normally do. Got one less day to get nothing done, um, except for some study and things like that. And we had a good service, both services last week. Or, yep. Last yes, week. Yeah. Yesterday. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yes. Casey, how have you been? I'm living. It's Monday. So me and Casey are the only ones here in the room that actually had to work today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's okay. Mondays for me, everyone hates Mondays. They're not normally too bad, but it's just this week with the the time change just kind of messed me up a little bit. Just pushed me out of the routine, you know, and I'm a little bit more tired during the day, but we'll work through it. Oh, so yeah. let's talk about Sunday. I was going to say, yeah, do we want to talk about we what we had teased last week? Well, let's let's talk about Sunday morning first. Okay. Sunday morning. Just, just talk about it. Good, yeah, yeah. Let's talk <laughs> about it. Come on, Casey. I didn't know that I was the designated speaker for this part. No, um, it <laughs> was good. You preached on Sunday morning. Oh, that is well, true. That's true. I did preach on Sunday morning. Um, yeah, I did it. <laughs> what did you preach about? <laughs> I preached about Elijah and the prophets of Baal and the altars, and my overarching theme was. Um, more or less, you know, there are things that we want to happen for ourselves or things that we want in our lives the same way, you know, each individual group in that account wanted their altar to be lit. And the primary difference was, you know, the prophets of Baal, we all obviously know their altar never lit and they were doing everything that they could in themselves to try to make it happen, to call out to their God, but essentially destroying themselves in the process. Right. Whereas Elijah took the time to start from the very basics and build the altar the way God would want it done. And then he soaked the altar so that even in the impossible situation, God still worked given the opportunity to show his glory through the situation. The same way a lot of times we look for something ourselves and we'll destroy ourselves and cause ourselves harm and pain and misery trying to get it, when in reality, all it would take is just working in God's will for ourselves and allowing it to come regardless of how much the situation may look for it to turn out the way it should. So more or less, you we've basically gotten our, gotten God's way in our life and gotten God's way in His plan for us by trying to set up the situation or set up the circumstances. And more or less, God really takes the uh, nasty-looking situation, the wet, uh, the Basically, it's not an ideal situation. Something you think's not going to work. There's no way 
that this can work, especially in man's eye and how we know things should work naturally. He, uh, like the Bible says, his thoughts are higher, his ways are higher, even as the heavens are above the earth, that his thoughts and his ways are. So that was a good word for us, Casey. We, we, uh, I, I've been living that, you know, here lately, you know, obviously you probably got that through some sort of situation or circumstance that you tried to work out or work in and God said, just move out of the way. Every single day. Uh, like the prophets of Baal, they're cutting themselves and lashing themselves and doing all these different things and crying out and screaming. And at the end, they ended up all getting massacred, you know, but they were killing themselves and pushing them in a direction to where they were going to get killed and massacred when in all reality, if they would have just confessed that God was true God and worked and asked him to work for them, he showed that he was more than sufficient to work for them. Absolutely. Amen. For Elijah. 100%. So now we go on to Sunday night. Sunday night was wonderful. We, uh, Patty, you preach, so you get to talk about what you preached about. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. I also had a form of an altar. Yeah. Because I told everybody, come as you are, come to the altar. Um, a lot of people don't want to come to the altar because... They feel, I feel, sometimes embarrassed to go up there right? because you don't know what people are thinking, but it doesn't matter what people are thinking about you as long as you go before God and have Him cleanse you. Right. And I also shared that the altar is a place where it's already, the blood has been shed for you and it can make you white as snow. Right. So we have to remember that when we go up there, sometimes we have to lay our burden stones. Maybe it's not a sin that we're committing, but maybe it's the heaviness of the burdens that we have in our life um, making us feel oppressed and depressed and, you know, not not good enough because we can't carry it by ourselves. Maybe we have to lay it down at the altar, and that's also a reason to go up there. Here's my personal opinion on that. Just going to the fact that we feel sometimes ashamed or unworthy to go to the altar or um, we feel like it would displease people around us or have people think differently about us. This is just my opinion, and it's my personal opinion. You might agree with it. You might not. But I feel like that's just a tactic or a trick from our enemy or Which adversary. It is. Yes, it is. You know, obviously there are some people that don't have the best intentions for you. Hopefully they're not, you know, at the church trying to drag you down. But in the same time, there are some people that don't really have the best outlook for you or don't want you to come up. Um, but when you get to the altar and you and you put aside all the noise and all the talk and all the not necessarily backlash, but what you think someone might think of you for going up there, that have them wondering or questioning what you did to make you go up there, you know, that's all just a trick. It's a tactic. And once you get there and understand that you can be made white as snow, you will be made white as snow as long as you do what the Bible says to do to gain salvation and repentance and turn away from your wicked ways. It's wonderful place to be. Yes, it is. So we talked about last week that we, as a group here, have wrote a song, and we wanted to kind of present it or unveil it for the first time to everyone in the congregation, and I feel like it went over well, swimmingly. Really good. Yeah. How do you feel, Casey? We've discussed this in private, so 
I told Mark Sunday, it usually takes a grand total of three days max for something that I have worked on or created to just absolutely be loathed in my own mind. I don't want anything to do with it anymore. It's not good. And that's one of my biggest weaknesses is like, you know, I feel good about something in the moment that I'm like, mm, is it actually good or am I just full of myself? Right. But Sunday night was a good experience. It was reassuring. Reassuring, yeah. Um, I don't want to say healing, but a way of healing experience, you know, to sit down, you know. And I've really struggled with it recently, and it's been my biggest prayer for myself in my private life, too, is, you know, take everything that is mine, everything that's my dreams, my wants, my thoughts, my plans, and if they work for what you have for me, help me grow them. If they don't, give me something that is what you want for me. Right. If they don't, get rid of them for me. Absolutely. So, but Sunday night was reassuring to me just in the sense that I feel like we're on a good track. Well, and I think yeah. it'll take a little bit of time and a couple times going through because normally when there's a good song that we present from somebody else, you know, as a cover, basically, it takes a little bit of time for it to actually gain ground and get into the hearts and into the minds of everybody in the congregation, you know, and understand what the words are saying and understand what they mean and really get into a place of worship. So I think it will only get better with time. Yes. Yeah. And it, Go ahead. Oh, I agree completely. And like with Casey, like one of my things that um, I do write, used to write a lot of stuff all the time. Yeah. But I just wrote stuff and I left. I don't share a lot of the things that I, that I used to write. I did it when I had, was in school for like a project or something. I was okay right. with that. I was getting right. a grade. I was okay. Other things like that. No, I got, they were, they were in notebooks and they stayed there. When I got done with them, they were done. That was where they went. Why is that? Just because of not necessarily a fear for chastisement, but what? Just didn't think they were any good. Yeah. I and mean, I, it, it seemed good when I was writing it, but figured it was, like she said, just good because I thought it was good, not good because it actually was. Yeah. That's one thing that I think uh, personally I need to work on, you know, and it sounds like everyone in this room needs to work on um, not listening to what. Uh, the the negativity in your head has to say, you know, and just going along with what you know is a promise of God. He said that he has created you beautifully, wonderfully, magnificently. He has created you uniquely, um, and he has created a purpose in you. And if you're doing something and you feel like you're trying to move the kingdom forward, I feel like God honors that, but he'll also push that. And normally the stuff that you have negative thoughts about are the stuff that turns out to be just absolutely amazing. Like that other one, that's the first one I'd send to anybody in 20 years. Yeah. First time I've shown, that, shown anyone else anything in tw at least 20 years. Well, and I think that's why we. it's important for us to say, stay so tight-knitted just here as a group, mm -hmm. you know, as people, because we're starting to be more comfortable and more vulnerable to each other mm -hmm. to open up, you know, and and spread and change different things, you know, like normally before I wouldn't share personal stuff, you know, that I thought, you know, but now I feel like it's, I'm comfortable with it because yeah. there's no shame from you guys towards me. There's no criticism. Most of the time it's totally uplifting and, and it's just awesome. It's like, uh, if you ever went to Planet Fitness, they have the, it's the judgment free, judgment -free zone, zone yep. and not usually really isn't, but with what we've got going, it's it feels pretty much, yeah. yeah. This is the for realsies judgment-free yes. zone. Right, because even though, like you said, Mark, even though they say judgment-free, oh, no. you 
you can cast judgment on somebody with looks. Oh, there's a lot of things they say. Like they have their <laughs> their no lunk zone, so they define it by if you're wearing like really tight um, sleeveless shirts. You have right. the big five gallon water jug, and you're slamming weights. All the years I went, you know how many times I heard people slamming things? Tons. You know how many times I saw a little red light they have above it that says it's going to go off if someone up there hears it. It never blinked one time. Right, and that's I think where I think that's where we're at. We're in a place where we don't blink. You know, we don't even think about what they're going to say or how it's going to be criticized or how it's going to be taken. You know, we understand and trust that each other through this group and mutual relationship that we've gained that everything's going to be taken with high consideration. And if it's good, it's good. If it's not, we maybe don't pitch it, but put it for somewhere else and for another time. Yeah. Right. I think that's cool. I, uh, I'm excited fun too. Right. And, and you can tell, cause we've, we've tried stuff like that before. Right. And you could tell it wasn't working cause we tried as hard as we could and nothing ever came of it. And then literally the last, the first one, Half an hour, we had most of it banged out, ready to go. Right, and well, and that that comes along with this comfortability we've gained. Before yeah. we weren't as close and as tight as we have become, right. and it has kind of felt like before I wasn't ready to do that yet, yeah. and I wasn't comfortable enough to do that. And I'm excited about what the future has to hold. Yeah, and I think I can say, I'm pretty sure that's not going to be the last one. Oh, absolutely <laughs> not. I <laughs> sure hope not. No. There's no. a lot of work to go into it. And I think yeah. I think the biggest asset that we found amongst ourselves in a small group is when it comes with, you know, familiarity and being close, we had to be willing to reveal our weaknesses to each other too. Exactly. Right. You know, you can't be strong all the time and always look like you have it all together because we'd still be in the same position that we were. That's right. Absolutely. And that's one thing that we're we're gonna teach on today. Not necessarily teach, I don't want to put it that way, because some of the stuff is not like I would say teacher worthy or <laughs> gonna say, the professor is not in today. Right. We just got Mark. We this is have... uh, the professor's twin, just Mark. Yeah, yeah we don't just, have... this is just Mark. Right. So today we're going to talk about weaknesses and how the world has decided that weaknesses are, are bad and you don't show your weaknesses and don't uh, let anyone in close. Don't let anyone in tight, you know, but but God has a different a different thought on that. And he has a different saying on that. He has a different say in that. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Can now, you go ahead and read verse 10 too? Well, I'm, I am. Are you? Okay. So I'm getting ahead of you. <laughs> yep, you're getting a little bit ahead of me. But Sorry. We, uh, we, have, we have a backwards thought on that naturally, you know, because we want to be strong and put our best foot forward, so to speak. But God said, or Jesus at this point, he said, my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. And that's hard to understand for us. It's hard to grasp because we don't want to be weak in front of somebody, but that's the only platform that God said he'll use. Because we have this view in society that strength is better. I mean, we don't have a the world's weakest person competition. Right. We have the world's strongest, the world's fittest, the world's fastest. We have those. And that's not what's going to work every time. And that's not not saying that he can't, because I guarantee he could if that's how he wanted to do it, but it shows off more 
of God's strength of what He can do when Absolutely. you look at the people in the situation. Well, there's no way they can do that. that. And that's one thing that I've realized from most accounts of the Bible that all of these men or women that have have these accounts written after them, written through them, written by them, they have to show such a bad place in their life that God actually worked, and He has to show that He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the one that is doing these things. Right, not and, us. Right, and it, and it just goes to show that God, God wants the glory for things. He wants the uh, the elevation of his name, and if you work it out in your own strength, there's no room for him to get elevation out of it. That's right. Yep. And you know how I know that, Mark? How? Um, it goes on further to say, Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecution, in distress, for Christ's sake. When I am weak, then am I strong. So to me, Paul is saying that he likes being in a state of weakness or in a state where he's not the one in control, understanding that when he's not in control, it's God in control. You know, obviously there's some other circumstances when other people like the man at the tombs, he wasn't in control at that point. He was possessed by uh, legion, you know, legion yeah. of demons. But in this case, he is possessed, or Paul, I'm speaking, is possessed with the Holy Spirit. He is possessed with the comforter, the guide, the the resurrected Savior. He's he's possessed with something that is much stronger yes. than him than himself. And that's one thing that I would like to press towards for somebody else. When you think you're strong, there is availability to something so much stronger, so much more precise, so much more disciplined, you know, than what your strength can be. God wants to use that. Um, and like Paul says, then for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then am I strong. When the infirmities are on me, I'm going to glory because I know that the power of Christ lay rest upon me. And there's power to resurrect. There's power to heal the blind. There's power to lay hands on the sick. There's power to to call out on a demon. There's there's power there. And when we try to use our own power, our own strength, we actually look weak. We look weaker than we actually are because we're trying to do something that we know we can't. You know, a lot of things that when you look at what God does, it don't make sense to us because it doesn't work how we think it can work. And then when we try and do it ourselves, we can't duplicate it because we can't do it the way he does. Right. We know laws of physics, things like this, it works this way. And right. if that doesn't do it, it's just not possible. And then you look there and it's still happening anyway. It's like, don't try and explain it. Just step out of the way. Right. And get out of God's way. He's He's trying to do something. Um, I just typed in, how, do you, how does God use our weakness as strength? He takes your weakness and gives you a ministry with it. Yeah. God doesn't want to use only your strengths in ministry. He also wants to use your weakness, mostly your weakness, because like I said before, when you are strong at a certain point, you can take credit for it. You know, obviously we know that only God can give us the ability to do such things, the ability to make wealth, the ability to have knowledge. He can only, he's the only one that does it. But when we already have it, it's easy to kind of take credit for it. 
Yeah. But in this instance, when you're weak in it, and and especially when people know you're weak in it, like public speaking per se, you know, and you're called to preach, well, this is the most shy, quiet person. I know that God's working there. You know, it's easy to see that when you're weak and other people know you're weak and and God is exploiting your weakness or he's taking your weakness and throwing it away and saying, here's my strength. He wants to use your weakness. God comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. We we When we understand that God uses us mightily in places where we kind of fall back or fall short or come up short, we can give that comfort to somebody else. And that's kind of what we're doing today. But we are trying to tell people that you don't have to be the smartest. You don't have to. My dad was talking about on Sunday night all these excuses that Moses made um, where he was not eloquent of speech. And even Paul goes on to say in Corinthians, he's, he doesn't come at you with eloquency of speech or out of wisdom and knowledge, but he comes at you with the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of Christ Jesus and the resurrection of Christ Jesus. It gives so much comfort personally to me knowing that I don't have to, obviously I still have to study and I still want to be in subjection to God's word, but it gives me much more comfort knowing that I'm not the one that's doing it and God's working through me. Definitely. I think a thing that can be important to learn is why would it be important to let God use our weaknesses? What do you think, Casey? Why or what, do, what does being okay with being weak, what does it show to you? So what you first said, and you guys were talking about it a little bit earlier about control and, you know, who's in control, what is control. I think knowing your weaknesses and knowing that you need to have the willingness to let God work through them is important because a lot of the things where we think that we're in control, the only control we have over a situation is who we allow to take the wheel 90% of the time. Right. Right. You know, you're going to be weak regardless. You know, you can work on to making it your strength, whatever, if that's your vibe, that's your vibe. But you're weak in this thing, and it's going to go one of two ways. You can either let God use it and be used in a way that is edifying the kingdom, a way that will ultimately bring you to a better position than you are originally. Or you can allow the enemy to exploit that weakness and keep you from your purpose. The only choice that you really have in the matter is who you allow the control in the situation. You're not actually in control regardless. Right. I think that, that was a good point. I never yeah. thought about it that way. Yeah. You got anything on that one, Patty? What what to you, what does it show when you're okay with being weak, when you're letting God use your weakness and you're shows, not trying to do it all yourself? It shows that we're being humble at that moment. We're bowing down in humility and saying, use me, Lord, no matter what. I want to work for you. I want to be your hands. I want to be your feet. I want to be your voice box. Use me somehow, some way. Um, I just feel like you have to be humble. I, I look at it and I see, you know, um, they always say, are you a willing vessel or be a willing vessel for God? And people want to be the strongest and the the most mighty and the cleanest and the best put together, you know, but uh, a, a fully functioning vessel can only contain oil. A broken vessel can dispute it or distribute it. 
between other people. You know, if you come from a broken situation or a broken past or a broken life, basically, and God fills the oil with you and you allow that oil to run out of that brokenness or run out of that weakness in this case, it can help somebody else. It can help Patty over here. It can help Mark in this place. It can help Casey in that place. And it's perfect when you think about it in that sort of analogy. You can only fill up a strong vessel until it's full. Oh, I mean, you can fill it till it runs over, but that's a different story. This one, we're talking about a broken vessel or a weak vessel or vessels with cracks in it. You know, everything starts to flow out of it at that point. You're not just soaking it all up for yourself. You're allowing humility to come into play. You're allowing someone else to be touched by your story or your past or anything. Too many people, when they see something that's weak, they're quick to throw it away. They're quick to get rid of it. Right. God's like, fine, throw it away. Oh, I'll use it. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got, Put a couple thoughts on this. We'll see what you guys think on these on why it's important about why it's important to let God use our weaknesses. Yeah. First thing I got here is I put it shows trust in God instead of trusting ourselves. Right. That's one thing that I looked up when I just kind of put in weakness into the Google search engine and just seen what it said. And a lot of the things we're trying to, it's like a self-help type thing to where we're trying to break the weakness or build from the weakness and turn it into a strength where God says, please let me work here. This is a place where I've created you uh, to have sort of a downfall or a, or a, a, um, an attraction or or attraction to something else, you know, or you're in a position to where you're weak here. God said, please let me work. Please let me move through that. This is the only place where I have a good ministry in you. Most of these go along together, too. Another one is it shows that we know there are things that we can't do. A lot of times that's one of our, is a big weakness for a lot of people, is not willing to admit they can't do something. You're not willing to admit they're wrong or anything. Yeah. And it's like, it's not the case of, like, nah, I just, I'm not really interested in doing that. And it's not that they're not interested. It's like, they just don't want to tell you they can't do it. So make any other excuse, like you're saying excuses. So they don't have to admit that maybe they're lacking in an area, but that's an area that, that God can work in and right. work out of. And that gives you a sort of peace or sort of comfort that you don't necessarily have to change. You just have to allow God to use it. And here's a couple of things that, that I think can help you overcome the weakness with God, not outside of God, because I don't think you should. I think God has made you purposefully, purposefully, and wonderfully, and I think he is doing this on purpose to you. Seek help through prayer, scriptures, and fellowship. And that's one thing that I would encourage. I would encourage uh, try to create relationships among your peers or your people in the audience, or the people around you. You know, your church family, to where you can be confidential with them, to where you can be comfortable telling them your past or telling them these places where you might have deficit. You know, or be below, or have weaknesses. If you have fellowship with them, personally, from my experience with this group here, I feel like it's comforting to know that I can talk, that I can come to you privately and say, you know, this is where I'm falling short. I need your help. I need your prayers. I'm seeking your prayers. I'm seeking your guidance, you know, maybe from an older peer or from someone who has more experience. 
Um, and another thing is go to the scriptures. If you can't find someone around you that has gone through similar or who has showed or displayed some sort of weakness and God has used it, you definitely can go into the Bible and find uh, it. Yeah, you could make a... If you started listing every person named in the Bible, you'd be listing the names of everybody that had a weakness that got turned around. <laughs> I think that's it's, everybody in the that's, Bible. That's what, that's what I'm saying. There's not a person that you can go to that can say, well, they had it all figured out from the start with. Right. Right. And that's that's a big thing to understand. No one, we're all human. We all make mistakes. You know, no one's perfect, no matter what they portray on Sunday or portray, you know, when you see them, there's people that are hurting deep down or struggling within themselves, you know, or struggling with this or struggling with their past or anything. So just know that people are real. People go through the same exact thing for you. And it's a lot of time it's best if you just talk. Yes. And sometimes it's the strongest people that need the most prayer. Absolutely. Or the ones you see that the are the strongest. The ones that, you know, put the makeup on and try to look nice and try to have it all together in front of you. But inside they're they're crushed. Right. They're broken. You know, they're the ones that need help. But they don't know necessarily how to get it. Right. You know. One of these one of the things that I think that can help you overcome a certain not overcome a weakness, but allow God to use the weakness is don't give up. When when the things get tough, when the weakness feels like it's overtaking you, you know, or you're not enough, or the 15 list of excuses that you could come up with, don't give up. Let God have control. Let God have a place. Let God be ultimate and be the ultimate authority in your life to where it's not me working here. It's God. Yeah, I guess what what are, um, I know uh, off the air, um, We'd had some lists. What are like some weaknesses that we can have that we can use to let let God work through? So some of mine is not necessarily. Oh, don't have to be specific. I'm just. Well, I, yeah. I, I'm going to go with specific ones okay. that I know because I feel like I can only help somebody if I've been through it and been exactly been through it, not you know in it. But um, I was nervous at first to do the the preaching thing because I was scared of not necessarily public speaking, but I was. Scared that it wouldn't be well received, or I wasn't smart enough, you know, to get up there and tell somebody how to live, or I didn't live good enough to let lead somebody into a place with that. And it was all something that could have been so easily turned away if I would have just let God have control of it. And I was trying to um, write notes that had big words in them so people didn't think I was stupid, and write notes to keep me in line so I didn't get up there and start mumbling or you know, get pumped up before. So when it was time to speak, I didn't have the butterflies and the jitters, you know, and shaking, which all of those things happen. Because I spoil it, they're still there. <laughs> right, right. So, and just with that, I learned that one of my favorite sayings is let go and let God. Yep. And I had to kind of put that into reality for me. And it was, and a lot of people, every time that I've spoken, I've always got good comments, you know, and everyone's, kind of give me accolades, which I know can kind of hurt sometimes. It hurts in your development because you get big headed and you start saying, this is my strength, you know, but I know for a fact that I couldn't do this without God's help. My biggest issue that I've dealt with and currently deal with every day is I am a bona fide control freak. Amen. 
Thanks. Um, he's only saying that because one time I wrote a 14-page itinerary for a five-day trip. There was, was supposed to be a vacation. And I will tell you, I don't know other than the final day of doing nothing there but packing to come back. I think that was the only page we followed on that itinerary. <laughs> it's true. Um <laughs> And it would be one thing if I was a control freak and I was okay with the plan changing, but I am a control freak and the plan changing is the worst thing that can potentially happen to me in a day. Yeah. Um, it's terrible. Like, it, I don't want to say it's, oh yeah, sometimes I get mad about it, but like, it's like one plan changes or one little detail changes and all of a sudden everything's falling apart. I am terrible at adapting and I'll be the first person to admit that. Um, that said... I've really been dealt with this lately because whenever I first started speaking, I would have stuff ready like three weeks in advance. All of my notes, this is exactly how I was going to talk. I would drive myself to work and say the exact same thing over and over, word for word, like scripted. And that's not correct. That's not the Holy Spirit. That's not the move of God whenever it's time to go. Studying is fine. Knowing what you want to do is fine. But having it planned out to the word, that's crazy. I'm aware that's crazy. <laughs> you, nobody has to tell me that was a little bit crazy. And the only way, not the only way, but the way that God has dealt with me in it, I do not have a clue what I'm going to preach 90% of the time until 8 o'clock on Saturday night. Yeah, and like if it's popcorn, it's like, what's Mark doing? <laughs> <laughs> you know, he gives me absolutely no time to sit and think for it for myself, which I'm thankful for because... I'm better used when I'm uncomfortable and whenever I am not trying to put together and whenever God's able to work at my weakness as terrible as it feels to me as a control freak who wants things to go exactly the way I think they should. Um, I'm still struggling with that. I'll be honest, but I'm thankful that God is trying to work me through it right now. And I am trying to work through it myself right now. And that's one thing that I notice about how God works things out. You know, you want patience. You get tribulation. Yeah. You know, you want this. He gives you that. He kind of puts you into a position where, uh, like Casey said, I'm a control freak. Well, I'm going to take control totally away from you. Um, or Bryce, you're scared to speak in front of people. Well, here's 45 right now and you get to speak Sunday, you know, and he kind of rips the rug out from under you, so to speak. Yeah. He takes away the ability, not the ability, but he takes away uh, the thing that you think you need the most. Yeah. He takes that completely out, puts you into a very uncomfortable position, but he knows that comfort isn't what he works in. No. He works in weakness. And if you're comfortable there, you're probably not weak there. Yeah. You know, obviously he'll work and he'll work, he'll get things to you and work through some of your strong suits. You know, if you're a people person, uh, a lot of times you get to be the greeter. You know, if you, Love people, you get to be the one that calls them, you know, when they miss. Or if you're a, a strong prayer warrior, you get to be uh, heading the the prayer room or the prayer group, you know, whatever that may be for you. But most times I see when 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 you try to take control, God says, mm, no control for you. Mm -hmm. I want to put you in a position where you can grow and be be used mightily for my kingdom. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. Like there's situations in my life that I have tried to control down to the minute. I know exactly how it has to go. And then as soon as I was like, you know what? I ain't got this. Mm -hmm. Here comes the resolution. So here's the thing that was that's kind of stuck out to me. 
you never really had it though. That's true. You know what I mean? And that's, it's a realization that I have come to myself. I never really was good at these things that I thought I was all that good at, but the things that I didn't think I was good at, God has exposed them to me. Like that's what you need to be doing, man. And Casey, you, did you really ever have control of the situation? Totally. No. <laughs> so, I mean, we got to come to that realization, you know, we're fighting, we're basically shadow boxing right now. Yeah. We're fighting ourselves. Uh, we're fighting some, no opponent. We're sitting there wasting our time doing this. And if you just go straight to God's will and, and say, all right, God, my hands are up. I surrender everything to you. My uh, compulsiveness, my anxiety, my fears, my uh, lack of knowledge, everything. I surrender all to you. Use me the way that you would see fit. And then your life will change drastically. That's exactly where I am. <laughs> That's what I did on, on Sunday because I didn't have anything. I I wasn't prepared because I procrastinated a lot. Yeah. So I wait till the last minute and I'm just like, okay, Lord, I need a word. But I don't know what, what you want me to say, but I'm here to be used of you, whatever you need me to speak. Can, can I talk about what me and you personally talked about the other yes. day? So Patty has this thing, which it's not just Patty, it's all of us towards the beginning to where we grabbed our notes and we made notes and it was kind of a control tactic type thing to where if we get off track, we just go back, we'll pick up where we were and boom, 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 hit all the bullet points. So I'm telling, I told Patty the other day, I said, you were so close then you stopped and you picked your notes back up. Just let go and let God have, let God say what he wants to say. And I feel like it's getting to the point where he's like, well, you'll have nothing to say until you stand behind the pulpit with a mic. And then you open your mouth, take no thought of what you'll say in that season, but open your mouth and let the Holy Spirit work through you. Uh, it's getting to that point, Patty. I'm not trying to <laughs> prophesy yeah. or anything. But. And, and I will say I I'll am a big, I'm a big note person, but if you notice, even most times if I have them on my notes, I maybe flip the page. I don't even pay attention where I'm down there. There might be one or two things that I think are really important that are really valid points from what I've studied. Right, like headers. And, and those I will go to. Right. But if I don't go through it word for word, I don't care. I write it down like a conversation. Yeah. But it's if you looked at Watch the videos of the sermons I preach. If I showed you my notebooks, probably 50 to 70% of the stuff that's in the notebook never made it out because I didn't need to. It wasn't, it was good thoughts when I was studying and thinking. Right. So I wrote it down. But that doesn't mean, you know, sometimes it's something that maybe only makes sense to me or it only helps me with get to the next spot where I'm at. But if it's not needed, I'm, I'm, it don't hurt my feelings if I leave a page or two out or whatever it is. Right. It's like there's, when you're doing your sermons, you've really, it's like, you've got, you were given the verses or the scriptures for a reason. The way you deliver it, the way you deliver it, and the way you think, and the way you see things puts the point of the way of how you put it forward. Right. And anything other than that, you can put in or you can, or you cannot put in. It doesn't matter. Right. Anything else is just a bonus at that point. Exactly. So, Patty, I see something different in you. That maybe you don't see yet or not, but I'm just waiting for you to just take off. You know, Mark has this informational type 
teaching slash preaching. You know, it's normally in notes, I would assume, probably benefit his style a lot better than what I think Patty's style is. Yeah. And that's just for me looking on the outside in. I don't know personally, but I see Patty just taking off and being more of an uplifting Holy Spirit type preacher than, you know, a teacher, you know. That's why I just, I I'll urge. receive it. Jesus' <laughs> <laughs> hey. name, I'll take it. <laughs> I, that's why I urge you. I was like, man, I wish, I just want to go take them. Take the notes. I just want to take We're them. We're up there taking the notes. <laughs> okay, I go. Can you see oh, him bad. up there? <laughs> the problem is I can actually see him do that. I could too. I was thinking about it Sunday. Are we be looking at each other and both honest, one of us is going to make the run and go up there I was and get honestly him. thinking about it because I know that there's potential there that maybe you don't see. I felt you glaring at me from behind. I wasn't glaring at you. <laughs> he was glaring at your notebook yeah. he wanted to I steal. I was listening. I was listening. <laughs> you know, because you have a word in season, you should be ready out of season. You know, you should be ready at all times to give a reason mm -hmm. for the hope that you have through Christ Jesus. And I think that I think God wants to use you in a different way than what you expect. Yeah, and that's the nice thing about when you do well, especially once you get more and more study. Maybe you had the plan to go this route from these verses, but if you studied others and God's like, "Here's my message. Do this one," you can only be brought to remember what you've already read to start with. Absolutely. So you could, you even though it's spur of the moment and not what you're thinking you're doing, you can still go. You still have enough study time in it, you can still talk about it. You can still bring the point across that needs to come across. Right. And I I believe firmly, just specifically because of this verse and verses like it, that even when you don't think you have anything to say, God has something to say. Always. And he's willing Always. to use you. You know, and, and that's why I admire Paul for saying, um, am I sad or mad or upset about these infirmities? No, I glory because I know Christ's strength. And his power be rest, be made rest upon me. You know, and that's that's a that's an awesome thing to even think about. Yeah. You have to be more like that. Absolutely. That's all he wanted to do was identify as Jesus Christ. You right, know? right. Follow me as I follow Christ. You know, that's what he says to his his uh followers or his new people coming into the church. But just think about this. You are a little bitty human being, one out of around eight billion at Currently, this moment. Yep. In the creator of the entire earth, our planet, our solar system, our universe, anything, anything that you can think of that was made, he made it. And he wants to use you. And he wants yeah. to use your weakness. And he wants to lay his power on you. You know, you're talking about power of words that created everything you see, that created all the knowledge that is here. And he wants to use you. I think that's crazy. It's amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For myself, one of my biggest um, failings or weaknesses, I don't like to be out in front of people. Yeah. I do not like it. I think that's kind of common between us. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, no. So, like, we were joking around when we were practicing yesterday afternoon, and I sat down behind you on the floor behind the drums because <laughs> I used to always – when, where I sat was we had the drum set, you had a pillar here, you had a pew, I had a big cabinet here that I was all my stuff was plugged into, and I sat there. So, like, there was a spot where I was at that about a quarter of this row of the church could see, and all the way over on the other side of the church could see, but the other three quarters of that section and most of the middle section, 
and the rest was I was sitting down, so I was blocked by the drums and by Bryce. So, <laughs> and I think that goes along with all of us. We all have some sort of that same. We relate to that, I guess I should say, that we don't really want to be the forefront, but if God's willing to use me, I'm willing to stand up. Oh, I'll do it. That doesn't mean I like it. <laughs> that doesn't mean I'm comfortable doing it. Right. Well, you know, though, at that point in time, he can use it because of these examples that we have given. Yeah. Now, now we're not, now we're wireless and some, on some instruments, so now we have no excuse. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely done. no excuse. Like I had an excuse sitting there in a chair with a 25 foot cable connecting me to the, the closest pedal. <laughs> <laughs> I had no excuse to start with, but I had that little. String, I could say, well, I can only go so far. I don't want to pick only it up. Only 25 feet on our 15-foot stage. Yeah, on a 15-foot yeah. stage. Well, I don't want to pick it up. I have to go around it. Now I don't have to worry. There's no cables. No worries. Let's talk about God's grace for a minute. All right. That's what I was just going to say. That's what... His grace is sufficient. And that's one thing that I know helps me throughout my, my day and my journey and my um, walk with Christ as being a child of God. His grace is enough. His grace is sufficient to cover my weakness. That's why he says he can use it, because he has enough to cover it. Mm -hmm. He has enough to cover the ugly. He has enough to cover the bad. He has enough to cover the stupid uh, decisions that I made. You know, oh, in I my to those in my quote unquote strength. You know, his grace. A lot of there's a couple songs. You know, his grace is all I need. His Grace is everything to me. Amazing grace. Amazing grace, the anthem for all Christians, you know. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. Talk about it for a second, Mark. Well, it's just I always liked when we used to teach it, we broke it down as – think of it as like what we call an anagram. You see a word, you know what it means and what they stand for, even though you see a short word. Like you see NASA, and you know it's – National Aeronautics and Space Association. You I didn't know that. <laughs> Were you not listening during my sermon when I talked about that? Oh. Probably not. Shame. I'm going to say that's a no. Go back. No it's comment. on YouTube. I don't remember the sermon, so no I have comment. to say no. Okay. No comment. It's okay. It's okay. But we can use some of those words the same way. Like, so for, to, if you want a really good picture of grace, I always heard it broke down as it's God's riches at Christ's expense. So we get all the good stuff, but we didn't have to pay for it. And it's better than maybe if you're like a wealthy family, like you you got your daddy's credit card. It's better than that. Right. Because you never even see the bill. You never even have to swipe the card. It's already paid for. It's all mm -hmm. there. It's like you just walk into it's like the the kids watch that Mr. Beast thing and he'll set up a store where you walk in. Anything, anything you can fit in this circle, you can have it. Right. And things like that. So it's like you just walk in, take it off the shelf, walk out. But if you not worry about anything like that, like you're saying, if you follow what God has laid out in His plan, the grace don't run out. No, it doesn't. Obviously, you credit need, cards have a limit, right? You'll need less and less grace as you walk about, and some days you'll need a lot more grace than others. That's right. That's just the truth about it. But one thing to note is we're in. The they call it the dispensation, dispensation of grace, the dispensation of grace and of mercy. There will be a day when that's gone, when that changes, right? And the Holy Spirit is taken from this earth. Hopefully, you're not here at that point, but there's going to be a day when you wish you would have uh, attached yourself to that grace. Be the only day we get your dad in the air, right? <laughs> <laughs> he always says, if man was meant to fly, they'd have wings. 
And I always think in my head, well, if man was supposed to drive, we'd have wheels too, right? But right. <laughs> so your logic kind of falls short there. Right but, now, I'm not seeing a man. I'm just seeing a chicken, and they have feathers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Casey, tell me how you feel about grace. <laughs> I'm very thankful for it. I yeah, I am as well. I need it every day, multiple times a day. Sometimes. Me too. When you get that anger flare up or something, you when know, the, when a situation doesn't go right, to when her plans fall short. Yeah. Or when other people fall short of my plans. She didn't really get mad down in Florida. We we still enjoyed. We still had a fun time. Right. Yeah. We acted goofy. We had fun. We we blamed it on the boys to ride the kids' rides, but wanted to ride the kids' rides too. <laughs> <laughs> I think the only person who tried to blame it on the kids was Mark. I didn't try to blame it. I'm, I, I, I went through there. We did that one, the Toy Story one, and I straight up smoked Ben in that thing. He kept trying. <laughs> He's sitting there going here. And you get a little. You get a car. And it's got a little laser on it. They have like light targets, and it yeah. spins you back and forth. Well, he's too short to see over the top of the thing. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just funny because it's just like I'm just sitting there, just aiming like this real quick back and forth. I'm not are hitting the same one multiple times. Yeah, and he's trying to hit everyone. He's like, if you can hit one, just sit there and just keep doing that. <laughs> and he's sitting there, numbers slowly crawl, and me, my, they're spinning like you're reading a water meter, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's kind of. Off topic from where we were with Grace, but kind of another thing to look at, you know, he's aiming at everything he can and just shooting at random. And you took the time to sit down and figure out the best place to go, kind of the way that we do with our own lives when we try to control it or we try to find our own strengths and work at it. We'll shoot anywhere we can and hope we hit something. That's right. Not so off target or not so off the topic as she thought it was, actually. My dad has this famous saying, and it's from Dave, Dave Ramsey, actually. It says... If you'll aim at nothing, you can hit it every time. Right. But, you know, in a spiritual way, allowing God to kind of set your aim in the way that you're going to go, eventually you'll hit it. And here's another thing. It's just kind of go along with the analogy. You'll have a lot more ammunition. Oh, yeah. yeah. If you'll just say, all right, God, use me, put me where you want to, aim me, put me in your direction that you want, and I'll just sit back here and quote, unquote, pull the trigger or do what you have called me to do, you'll have a lot more that way. Or think of like with the hunters. Would you rather sit up there in that blind with with your gun aiming at the deer or would you rather sit there in that blind with your gun aiming at the deer with a sight on it so you can narrow down and only look at one spot? Right, right. Put the put the optics on it, so to speak. Exactly. Pinpoint it. There we go. And God Red has dot. A, well, God has a way, <laughs> God has a way of doing that for you, you know? But you have to get out of his way. That's it. Yes. And that's a big problem that yeah. I think we can talk about for months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think one thing that our listeners can learn is they're never going to know where we're going to pull our examples from. Everything everything is is fair game and can be made to apply. <laughs> well, I, I think God it's uses, real life. Well, God exactly. uses every single situation yes. in your so life not? to teach a lesson to you, you know? Well, uh, and like, what did I say in uh, my example in Sunday school a couple weeks ago? About when they talk about where God is everywhere. Just like the air. Just like the air, you know. There's air over by Casey's seat, and there's air over here. Right. Still air. I think a lot of people still have a hard time uh, leaning on him because they can't see him. They can't touch him just like air. Right. I can't see or touch the person that made this computer. I can still use it. Absolutely. <laughs> you know. 
I can't see or touch or feel, you know, I guess I can feel, but I can't see or touch gravity. So it doesn't mean I'm not going to jump. Yeah, don't don't jump <laughs> off a jumping. building. Uh-uh. Just, yeah. I believe in it. You know, or you will. And that's you, one, <laughs> you'll believe before you hit the ground. And that's one thing that I want to warn some people. You don't, you don't, God doesn't force you to believe him. No. No man can force you to do it because after the fear is gone, the force, the the force is gone or the action behind that or whatever you're trying to push is gone after the fear is gone. You have to choose it. You You'll either choice. believe or one day you wish you will have. Yep. And with that, we all have an option to either serve God or not to serve God. And I think it's more of an opportunity to get to have salvation, get to have freedom in Jesus Christ. Right. We should serve God because he's given us gifts. He's given us hope and peace and joy and a, and a life to have. And with that, we should choose him, which is life. Um, we could not find things or do things on our own self by ourselves, but we need him to show us Absolutely. how to live. Amen. 100%. So with that, I'd like to invite everybody to an opportunity, maybe who has never had an opportunity to kind of Go through what it sounds like or go through a prayer or give an example of a prayer of salvation or repentance, you know. And first I'd like to explain that repentance isn't crying. Repentance isn't going down to the altar and begging God to forgive you. That's part of it, you know. Um, you don't have to cry. You don't have to blow snot bubbles, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, you don't have to have it a big emotional event to become saved or set free or delivered, you know. Repentance is turning around from the way you're going. Um, you acknowledge that what you are doing was wrong, and you are conscious in the decision that you are turning around from what you used to do, going to what Christ has brought you to, you know, or what Christ has for you. And I think that's a part that some people get a little confused at sometimes. They just look at the turning away part. Right. But... The word literally literally means to turn away from one thing to pursue another. So it's not even just, I'm not going to do this thing. I was messing up anymore. That's not enough. That's not going to cut it. You have to, to go back to our terminology we're using, you have to aim at something else. Right. So basically to put it, uh, repentance is asking for forgiveness. It's turning away from your sin, or the Bible says from your wicked way, and actively pursuing Jesus Christ. And and I just want to invite somebody, and it's not the popular thing is to just kind of go through the sinner's prayer and ask for forgiveness, and it's going to be a bed of roses, but the Bible says that you will have a cross to bear. There will be a burden, but there's also promises that say the burden is not too heavy for you to bear. Um, take up my yoke or take up your cross, which Christ already has bore the cross, so you don't have to, but take up his yoke that's lighter and easier, and you don't have to do the hard things. I mean, life is not going to be easy. Anybody who's lived more than probably five minutes knows that. You know, there are struggles, there are circumstances, there's situations where we get into where it's not easy, it's not fun, it's not cute. But God says, um, I sent my son to help ease these pains and help comfort you and help guide you, and I sent my Holy Spirit to help you. And Jesus even said, you know, if the world hates you, be comforted. It hated me first. Right. That's right. So he's been through it, so he knows what we what help we need. Right. 
Um, like me, you'll surely be despised. That's what they say. So I want to go ahead and and kind of pray over the at the end of this. Sounds like a very good idea to me. Absolutely. Uh, Heavenly Father, I ask that you come into my life. I ask that anything that is unlike you, God, you remove it from my life. I ask that you lead me and guide me in every direction that you would see fit for me, God. I I plead the blood of Jesus over my own life, God. I I I ask the name of Jesus be spoken over my life. I ask the Holy Spirit to help guide me and lead me in the right direction to where sometimes where it doesn't seem like uh, the direction or the path is clear that your Holy Spirit will come and make it clear for me, God, that in the direction you would have me to go, that's where my feet start to travel, God, and my mind starts to think right and my heart starts to change right, God. I know it won't happen overnight and I know it won't happen today, but I know that you can set me free. You can start the process today. I know that it's going to take a lifetime to deliver me, but I know that right now this conscious decision that I'm making to want to better myself through you and take my weaknesses and allow your strength to be made whole, I'm opening this up, um, putting myself away and bringing you in, and I ask that you do this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Ready to Preach. We hope that something that has been said today will aid you in your journey both in Christianity and in the pursuit of becoming ready to preach. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please reach out to us on our Facebook page, Redemption Church, and share us with your friends. If you have any questions for us or topics you would like for us to discuss, we can be reached through the Facebook's direct message or in the comments section of our posts about the podcast. We look forward to you tuning in next week.